Hi, I'm Holly Cates, personal stylist and style coach extraordinaire. Hi, I'm Nolan Meter, celebrity stylist, shopping messiah, and accessory addict. We are the best friends that you never knew that you needed. We are the industry insiders and fashion's odd couple. In both of our everyday lives and at industry events, we see the best and unfortunately the worst in clothing and style. We are fashion partners in crime dedicated to stopping the most heinous of all fashion crimes on the street, the runways, and beyond. Join us as we take you inside our world, spilling the secrets of our experiences in the industry and inside our minds, judging people in the most loving way possible most of the time, and stopping fashion criminals dead in their crocs. It's more important than just the do's and don'ts. Jump on the Hot Mess Express as we teach you how to be your best and most stylish self. Hello, hey, hey, howdy doodle, this is Fashion Crimes, my name is Holly Cates, personal stylist, your favorite personal stylist, probably the only one you know or that you listen to, I hope. I am here with my bestie of all besties, celebrity stylist, my stylist, accessory addict, Mr. Nolan Meter. Can we get a round of applause? Hi, Nolan. Hello, hello. What's going on? Is this a record we haven't spoken in 48 hours? I know. It's been a very strange week. It has been. And, you know, I'm not mad at you for wanting to take a break from me. Oh, see, it wasn't even that. See, uh, you know, two days ago, I was just, I had one of those days where I just didn't want to do anything or talk to anyone. So I worked out, I went for a walk, and I watched the Golden Girls, and that's all I did. And so it was lovely. And then yesterday, I had thebestdayever.com. I don't know how that's possible. You weren't with me, but we'll unpack that later. We'll unpack that. Well, let's unpack that really. Let's unpack it. Because I feel like I need to have her on the podcast just because we always reference her. But my friend Jennifer is one of the most creative people I've ever met. She's my friend too. She just doesn't know it yet. Total genius. Anyway, it's very rare to find people. As I have said, I am until probably, hopefully March, COVID will be in a better place and I can go home to New York. But as of right now, I'm stuck in the state of Maine. And there are... Very few fashionable people here. Jennifer is one of the most fashionable people, regardless that I've met anywhere, because it takes a certain amount of skill to be able to take something from like Simone Rochat, which is so avant-garde, and make it translatable to Maine. It just, that takes a level of skill. Anyway, so we talk about fashion, we talk about design, we talk about art, we talk about finance and everything. We're just, it's just brilliant. And so- She's your spirit animal. My spirit animal. She's the one keeping me sane in Maine. Anyway, sane in Maine. That's going to be my t-shirt. Oh my God. I'm a genius. I'm so glad I thought of that. Sure, we'll go with that. Anyway, so um, last week I was over there. We were, you know, chatting and she was helping me with this coat that I bought that is just absolutely incredible. She worked her magic on it. And we were thinking, let's go for a sale trip. Like we got to go check out the sales because the sales have been really good. So yesterday we decided because there was a snowstorm and it was the middle of the week, we figured no one would be there. And so we got, we went to Saks and it's, it's not too far from where we live. It's a little bit of a journey, but not too far. And um, so we went to Boston and it was just lovely. And we were, we went with the purpose of sale shopping, obviously. And of course the first place we go into <laughs> was Valentino and I, in typical Nolan fashion, run straight to the sales section, and there is a black cashmere cape poncho-y thing trimmed in ostrich feathers. Okay. Um, so I threw that on kind of as a joke. <laughs> and as I turn around the corner, Jennifer has on this absolutely stunning red cashmere coat. And of course, it wasn't in the sales, so we were both, you know, hemming, like not hemming and hemming, we were ooing and eyeing over this coat because it really was... 
mind blowing. I'm sorry. I needed a moment to process there. Um, it really was that good because it was cashmere. It had this huge collar and it was just, it was so glamorous and elegant, but it was so translatable to Maine. Um, and so we had like a fashion bonding moment and we went through all the sales and found some really cute stuff. And it was very exciting for me because for the first time in however long I can try on not just like one tiny little section of things, but pretty much anything I want. I mean, I am loving that journey for you. I mean, I am a hundred percent happy that you feel that freedom that you can just try on off the rack. I am loving that for you. Mazel tov. And we almost bought matching jackets, which really would have, if that bitch comes after my crown, we're going to scrap. I'm not going to no, lie. I think she's, no, it's just going to be part of, she's just going to be our posse now. She's got to join the posse. Okay, fine. the posse, you know? Okay, okay fine. But there are these acne jackets in the sale and everything was 70% off. So everything was relative. I mean, it's all relative, but affordable. And it was like a nylon-y parka kind of thing that was lined in fleece, which is a very practical purchase for Maine because you need a windbreaker-y kind of thing just in the spring when you walk the dog or right. whatever. Right. And so, and it had these smiley faces or frowny faces on the back. I mean, there were two left. So we each grabbed one and we tried them on. <laughs> Jennifer didn't love the fit on her. I didn't love the fit on me. So they went back to the rack. But I tried on something I never thought I would try on, which I until recently made a lot of fun of, the Balenciaga logo knit sweaters. Can I just tell you, it is not okay. I don't know, unless you're a Japanese teenager. I mean, you were like, I kind of look like a candy cane. I was like, kind of. The red one. Okay. So I tried on red and navy. Red, I looked like a candy cane. The <laughs> navy one was a different fabric and it hugged. Like it's sort of, I was, you know, feeling skinny yesterday. You look so skinny in that. Can we and just so, say, ugh. I've never been more tempted to spend $1,200 on a sweater in my life. Um, and then came the great Acne Studios shearling coat debacle, which was there was this one acne jacket left and it was women's, but I dip in the lady pond when it comes to clothes, not I when mean, it comes to dating, let's be honest. Duh. And it was, I mean, it was, it was a shearling aviator jacket, who can tell? And it was a 38, which means it's like a US four or six or something. I threw it on and it fit me, but it was just too tight because they're massively oversized. And they had the 40 in the store, but they couldn't find it. And I'm honestly kind of glad they couldn't find it because if they did, I would have just bought it. I mean, it was 70% off and it was still $800, but it was gorgeous. And it was leather and shearling with this huge collar and these pockets. It was just fabulous. Um, This is a sidebar disclaimer for any of our new listeners out there. Some people gamble, some people drink, some people are addicted to whatever they are. Nolan is, has a coat problem. He is a coat problem. It's coke, coats, not coke. <laughs> it's like crack is wet, coats, coats, not coke. That's what we're doing. I mean, it two weeks ago, sorry, two months ago, it was the acne coat in the acne store. I still want it. It's just too expensive. I'm not spending I mean, $1,300 it was on a, a coat. I'm not doing it, it. It was the potato sack coat and the girl who I looked like a, I looked like the Pope in it. I really it, did. I mean, the girl who was working there, we had a girl crush on her, loved her so much. Nolan's like, what if I buy it? I'm like, you're not getting it. You found six coats you've liked since then. So now you're. Ch- and I bought most of them. And now, so I don't know why you're still looking at coats. Can you well, because explain I don't think that? Because, okay. You, you live in the South half the time where you don't ever need a coat. Valid. I have grown up between Boston and Maine. That's where I spent the most of my time. You know, every weekend I would pretty much spend in Boston when I was young. From the end of September to April, you need a jacket of some sort, whether it be, 
you know, it slowly progresses from like a fleece or a, a chunky sweater into a heavier coat that could be dressier. And then you need like a full on apocalypse parka and then you need it a thinner parka. And then you need the windbreaker in the spring for the rain. And so I just recently, you know, because of the way that my body is shaped now, I used to only wear long coats. Now I find myself reaching for shorter coats because, you know, my, the, my legs and like the, the top of my waist are the smallest parts of me now. And so I love short coats. So I've just been on a coat buying spree. And, you know, I said this, <laughs> this is terrible to one of my friends, <laughs> God, I'm going to hell for this, but there was some, someone told me a story once or made a joke about this thing where it was like, Oh, so a lot of times when someone, after someone comes out of the closet, like some people have a hoary phase. <laughs> okay. where they're like gay with a vengeance. Right. <laughs> and I never went through that because I've always been a queen, but I'm skinnier with a vengeance. Oh. So I'm just shopping and shopping and shopping and shopping and shopping. And I'm going to be in the poor house, let's be honest, but I don't care because I'm going to be well-dressed. But then yesterday when we were in Gucci, um, Jennifer and I went to Gucci because we both love a Gucci shoe moment that we bond over that. There were these fabulous loafers, but they were almost $1,000. And that's just never happening because for my birthday this year, my whole thing is I've decided I want to buy a Cartier tank watch. And that's, I want to have have something for my birthday that I'm going to have for 40 years because, you know, it's a milestone. It's a whole thing, whatever. So also good news. I tried on the Cartier watches yesterday with Jennifer because she like, she will tell me, she's like, she'll tell me. And I put, I looked at the big one, which is the one I thought I wanted. So not, I put on the medium one. It was perfect. It's also substantially cheaper. So that was a win for me yesterday. But anyway, back to my coat story. Cause how did the salesperson pry it off your wrist? That's what I want to know. I had, to, I said, I mean, this it just can't happen because I'm not the kind of person who can just spend, you know, $2,000 without thinking. And I theoretically, if I really wanted to, should I, could I buy it? Maybe, but I'm trying to be one of my resolutions because we were talking about finances at lunch and like, you know, planning for the future and whatever. I said to myself, I'm going to attempt to be more responsible financially. Yeah. How's that going for you? Okay. But shut up. I never in a million years, I agree with you, but I never thought I would be okay to fly all the time. Like I do. I am now. I never thought I would, you know, lose the amount of weight that I did and be able to wear what I do. Now I do. So what this could be next, you know, why not? I love that you're reaching for the stars and I love that you don't cry on airplanes anymore. Well, no, that dear, that's the Xanax talking, but <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, I mean, but it used to be like a big problem. It used to be bad. It used to be really yeah. bad. I mean, it used to be like, you'd have to prepare for two days. Yeah. You'd I don't have like to, to recover. I mean, like yeah. it was like a real legit fear. It's just the shaking. I don't, I know. Anyway. I don't, I don't love it either, but I mean, I'm, proud of you for sort of overcoming that and saying, Hey, I'll just drink my way through it or whatever. Well, it's just, you know, I don't drink because you know, you can't mix like Xanax with yeah, yeah, yeah. alcohol, yeah. but I take a Xanax for an adamant when I get on the plane and I'm to- before I get on the plane and I'm totally fine. The only issue is I've learned, I don't take them on the short flights between New York and Boston anymore because one time in New York, I took it right when I got to security and I was like running onto the plane, bitch didn't kick in till I landed. So I got <laughs> home and I'm out to lunch. That was annoying. Anyway, we're getting sidetracked. Back to my coat story. I've just been buying coats with a vengeance. So I just bought one from Dior last week. I have this Balmain one. I've bought vintage, two vintage ones, three vintage ones, um, you know, a new parka, a new windbreaker, all these things. And they make me so happy. And so that was my shopping excursion for yesterday. And I only looked at two coats. So I felt very accomplished. I mean, look, in all honesty, as your bestie, 
I'm not mad at you. You should be able to reach for the stars fashionably. This is a new chapter for you in your manhood and your adulthood. And you're not a kid anymore. And I love that you, you know, you take fashion very seriously. And this is like a whole new world, a whole new world. This is a whole new world for you. So I'm really not mad at you. And you do shop responsibly. You do shop vintage secondhand and thrift. Oh yeah. Well, I'm not in a, pos- I'm not in a position to buy, you know, pro- right. full price and that's fine. You don't need to be, but I don't know. Something about yesterday really changed the way that I look at shopping because you and I shop very well together. We always have, we have a good time. We laugh, we whatever. Um, but you and I, we look at clothes in the same way, but also differently because I see, you see clothes as something you wear and you love and also something that affects you personally. So as you know, a way to express yourself, a way others see you. You're much into the person. Like you're talking about how the clothes affect the person wearing them. That's, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're very into that. I also like to see the art behind it. And you just would rather focus on the person, which I understand. But Jennifer totally gets the art behind it. And also when you and I shop and I say, oh, that reminds you of like YSL 2015. You go, you turn around and say, who the fuck knows that? I mean- I'm sorry. She who does. Has, who she has does. all the runway shows fucking memorized? Okay. I mean, not top of my to-do list. That's all. So I'm anyway, saying. I'm just saying, I did say yesterday, I'm like, I think I found my shopping soulmate because we just get it. So it was just, it was a really eye-opening experience to be able to wear what I wanted to wear, to be able to shop where I wanted to shop and to be able to talk with someone while I'm shopping who looks at clothes in a similar way that I do. John, can we get some applause here? Because you know what, Nolan, good for you. Good for you. It was you. a lot of fun. It was and, a lot of fun. And I will say for all of you who love to shop, it is difficult to shop with someone who gets it. I don't, we don't shop with just anyone. And who was it you? I think you're like, oh, I won't shop with her. Like there are certain friends that you have that you will never shop with. Correct. Like you'll run into a store, like, hey, I got to pick up something, but you're not going to shop like you would with me or with her. You'd be like, "Uh, no, that ain't working for me. Someone you trust because shopping and trying on things in the fitting room—it's just a very intimate thing. Like coming out, and, if you don't feel 100% confident in something, and yes. you come out of the fitting room to show somebody, you have to be so, sort of vulnerable. And you know, I've been vulnerable for many, many years, so I'm, I'm, you know, not, I'm, but I'm not used to sharing it. So it, it's a, it, you just have to feel really comfortable. And I mean, at this point, Holly and I have no boundaries. I'll be like, you look like shit. Take it off. Oh, duh. I mean, and my bestie from high school, we went to Boston and we shopped and she sat the whole time. She's not into shopping. It's not her thing. And I'm like shopping around and picking it. And I could tell how bored she was. And I was like, oh, this really isn't her thing. We like to look, but we, that's really as far as it goes. We just look. No, I mean like when we shop, you and I, we shop with a vengeance. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, for sure. For sure. So it's some people, it's just not their thing. And, you know, I definitely would not shop with just anyone. I mean, that is for sure. Cause it is a very personal thing for to yourself. Me. I yes. mean, you know, stylist wise, you know, if you're really, if you're willing to say you need the help, then we're there. But right. And my clients, it's my, a very difficult line. My clients, then when they ask me how long the shopping trip is, I'm like three hours because your eyes start to glaze over after three hours. And that's when and, you go and you have a and glass you, of champagne yes. and lunch. Cause that's and, what we did yesterday. It was brilliant. We didn't have champagne, but we sat and had lunch and it broke it up. And then we were refueled, we had an espresso, right. we were refueled and ready to go. I mean, and 90 people that are not used to shopping, that's all they can do. They cannot handle. So sometimes I have to break the shopping trip up into two days because they cannot 
mentally go past that three hour mark. And I've done all the work. (laughs) All they have to do is try on and they cannot handle it because they're not used to it. It's like running a marathon. I mean, it's it's hard. Anyway, kudos to you. I'm 80% happy for you that you had. I know you wanted to be there. I did want to be there. And a lot of it is I'm a little bit jealous because I've never met her before and I love her and she loves me. And we have a new friendship, but we haven't met yet. So I was, that's, that's cool. I'm happy for you guys that you guys had that bonding moment, but the Holly train's about to roll in. It's okay. Yeah. It's it, fine. Just brought, it just brought a little bit of joy and inspiration and creativity into, you know, this dark time that we're in. And so it was just, it was really nice. And I just want to say Couture Week is wrapping. <sighs> My I favorite know. two weeks of the year. Couture Week is wrapping. No, we should have a jingle for this. Really? I mean, oh. Is it just like a presentation with a photographer or there's no people in the audience, right? Or there um, is? No, they aren't. They're still not doing in-person audiences because of COVID. But as most people know, but if you don't, haute couture is the most expensive and most highly exclusive form of fashion. A lot of designers, mostly French, have studios in Paris and a certain amount of employees and they have just produced a certain amount of looks a year to be classified as haute couture. And uh, haute couture is made to order. Everything is made to order. There are very limited quantities. Sometimes there's only one of something. And so it's really the wealthiest and most powerful women in the world go and buy these clothes. And they've slowly started expanding into men's, which, you know, really killed me this, this week because Valentino did some men's. It was the first show. I've never, I've cried at a fashion show once. <laughs> shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. I cried at a fashion show once because growing up, I would watch The Devil Wears Prada and that scene when they're in Paris and they're going to fashion shows. I always dreamed in my head, like, I want to do that someday. I want to do that someday. And the first huge show I went to in New York, I, I cried because it was like, a, I've de- like I did it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but never has it just been off the sheer beauty of the clothes until Valentino. So a lot of them are doing runway shows, but with no audiences. And so they're live streaming it and taking photos and all of that. And some designers like Ralph and Russo are skipping this week just because they don't want to do it. And Pier Paolo who's the creative director of Valentino is sort of the king of haute couture because he just does it in a way that is so revolutionary every season. It's just such beauty. And, but you have to look at it as art because walking down the street, you're not going to see someone walking down the street in a pearl encrusted gown. I understand that, (laughs) but it's not what it's for, you know? Right, 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 right. It's made for people either who love the glamour of it or who love the construction of it. Because if you buy an haute couture garment, it's made of different fabric. It's cut in a different way. It's sewn in a different way. It will never wear through. Uh, you let's can just wear say it for 80 years. You're in a different tax bracket. Okay? You're in a different tax bracket. hundred <laughs> percent. I mean, an haute couture, couture. Yes. Yeah. You might have a, you might have a jet. You might, you have, might have a jet and a black card and eight homes. You might have a yacht. I don't know. But I, again, this is why I need to keep you around because you educate me on this. This is not my client, but I do appreciate it. I think it's exorbitant to spend this type of money. But if you are the Duchess of York or whatever, you might need something like this. So but you know what? It's really that's I understand what you're saying, but it's also a very old school mentality in, in that because I know people. I don't know a, a huge number of couture clients personally. I would say I probably know four you or know, five. You know, I know four or five. I mean, yeah, that's true. I probably know four or five. And of that, yes, predominantly they are the old school, more money than God, huge houses and planes and diamonds and a staff staff and all of that, 100%. But it's different now. There are women who prioritize this because it brings them such joy. 
Um, and one person I know in particular um, who buys couture very, very, very sparingly. She lives an incredible life and she travels and buys beautiful clothes, but she's not ostentatious by any means. Yes. It's yeah. Not in your face at all. And the majority of these women, despite living, you know, a lifestyle like that, would never tell you walking down the street that they're wearing haute couture because most people don't know what it is. And two, they wouldn't, they don't feel the need to tell you. Right. But these pieces, you can't look at them as just pieces of clothing because then it was never worth the price tag. But you know, say a blazer is 30 or 40,000 euros, which is average for haute couture. I know people, a million people who would spend that on a trip, who would spend right, that right. on their kids' summer camp. Okay. On their kids' summer camp, which all necessary. Private school. Private school, or even a painting or a couch or right. a, right. you know, a really three really expensive TVs in their house, you know? So you just have to look at it as art because it is what it is. It is art. And if it brings you joy, then the money doesn't matter. Because again, if you can spend $30,000 on a painting, you can spend $30,000 on a jacket. You just might not want to. Right. And that's how you broke it down for me. And and I do get it. Because I think this Valentino look number nine, which will be in the show notes. I mean, this coat would look amazing on me. Let's just right. make it real. But and the thing about haute couture is, is if you're not in the position to be, you know, there are different positions you are. Some women go in and with a budget. Some say I can buy two pieces a season. Others have no limit. But there are women who spend a million dollars a season because an embroidered gown can be two, three, four hundred thousand euros because I mean, they take thousands of man hours to make. This would look really good on me too. Just saying, number thirteen. Oh. The but the thing dress. is, yeah. Well, I mean, all of Valentino is amazing, and Pier Paolo killed it. And the first look is a white, I believe it's leather cape, and it's just. He did a lot more wearable pieces this season because of COVID. I think maybe he's, it was just very aware of the times. It wasn't, Valentino's usually super high, high glamour. And this, of course, it did have glamour. It had a couple evening gowns, but it's coats and separates and wearable dresses that once the pandemic's over, you could wear during the day or you could dress them up at night. They're just not ostentatious and loud and crazy. They're just elegant and refined and absolutely stunning. I mean, it does kind of look like a bedspread, but what do I know? You have to look at it for the art quality. I right. mean, there's a, and he did men's, which never happens. And the men's looks are incredible. There's a men's lilac cashmere and wool cape coat that if I had the money, it's the first thing I would buy. I just, no one else would wear that. The cut of it is phenomenal. And it's paired for me with Valentino this season. The color combinations were really amazing because he did for men the sequin turtlenecks, which I'm sure, I think they're somewhere in the area of like eight to 10,000 euros. So that's not happening. <laughs> but he paired them, you know, a, a sort of malachite green sequin with a sage and like a mint green sequin. I mean, a mint green silk over it. And it's just different tones of green and different materials, but they go so beautifully together. Just everything about the Valentino show was mind blowing. Nolan, you do need a sequin turtleneck. I'm just I saying. Do. Duh. Duh. And I have told Holly, I said, if you're ever going to buy a piece of haute couture for something, I was, she, I was like, you could, you know, if you ever renew your vow, she's eh, whatever. But then now that I say it, and I, I've talked to one of my friends who, you know, occasionally buys haute couture, it makes a lot more sense to buy something that's haute couture that you can wear all the time. Like a gorgeous fitting black coat or a gorgeous navy coat or a classic black dress that is just so special because of the ruching or the embroidery or whatever, because... It, the cost per wear comes down to a level that's maybe a little less terrifying. Listen, be that as it may, okay? My vow on renewal is 2023, which will be 10 years. We're doing it up, okay? Just one go put that in the universe. We're doing it up. 
And Nolan said it was very white trashy of me because I didn't want to get an Okator dress, but I want to get an Okator bikini. Well, they don't make them first of all. And then you're going to be, you know, spent, I mean, Chanel did one, but it was like 80,000 euros because it was just all crystals and embroidery and shit. But I just, because that's not, that's not practical. You can have a bikini custom made for 500 bucks somewhere, whatever, but a <laughs> gown or something, even that said, I would tell you to instead buy a dress from Stella McCartney and then have, instead of using your haute couture point on that, get a coat or something you can wear forever because it is the crown jewel of your closet because it's such a special thing. And the, you know, a lot of people buy it because of the service. Fendi, when they had their show in Rome, paid to fly all of the customers to Rome, paid for their hotels, paid for the food. And in your appointment after the show, you reserve an appointment to go look at the clothes. A thousand dollars worth of caviar for every customer because these dresses are so expensive that they make the money back. And caviar is so vile. Ugh. Oh, I love, oh, I love caviar. It's Ugh. all about the customer relationship. When you buy couture and you have that relationship with the house, you're waited on hand and foot. Like this one woman, Armani Privé threw her baby shower. <laughs> oh my God. Like, no, these people, they become very close to you. And wow. you know, it's couture is not just about the clothes. It's all about the relationship. And that's the nice part is they'll send you flowers on your birthday. I've seen people like some, I know her son graduated from college and fucking Dolce sent flowers. You know, and it's that kind of a thing. It's a really interesting perspective. I, and, and I do. And thank you for enlightening us, enlightening us on that. I still want a custom bikini, but whatever. We'll unpack that later. I have the whole day planned out. Nolan is 80% happy for me. He's not that happy with my outfit choices, but hey, yeah. we have two years to worry about it. Two years to worry about it. <laughs> we have two so anyway, Valentino was, was groundbreaking and crazy and just... I, it was the first fashion show that's ever brought me to tears because of the clothes, because it was just so beautiful. And again, it was sort of a light in the dark time. It is, you know, coronavirus where there's a lot less creativity and glamour out there. And listen, you're not wrong. I mean, I don't care what your budget is, what your shopping level is. If you appreciate fashion and you're like, hey, I'd never go to a show, but let me look at the pictures. This is a really great way to start if to, to sh kind of sharpen your eye. And I learn a lot by looking at these pictures because maybe they reinvent something. Maybe they do just a regular pencil skirt, but to see the fabric and like you said, the way that it's made and the length that it is and the shoes they put with there's a reason behind all of it. And it's not except, just- Except at Chanel, but we'll get there. I, it, it's just, for someone who's not well-versed in high fashion like myself, it is very inspiring and in, in to understand the customer and who it's for. It's just really cool. It, it's different. It's not me, but it's, I appreciate it. I definitely appreciate it. But you're also sort of in between, like, because you do buy beautiful clothes, you just don't buy couture. Like, you understand that world a little bit in the world of, you know, being able to travel and, you know, yes. seeing the world and, you know, being able to just embrace creativity and all of that. Uh, people who are working to survive and, you know, make sure they have health insurance, I understand they don't give a shit about a $200,000 dress. I understand that 100%. Um, but it's a great place to just get creativity and inspiration. And also, I find just as interesting as the clothes themselves are the women who wear these clothes because they're either extremely powerful or extremely wealthy or both. I remember it was, I think she was the CEO of BET Network. Deborah, I forget her last name. She is an haute couture customer now. And everybody was like, there were all these articles that it was such big news. And she said, you know, there were these big awards and I decided to have Dolce Altamo to make me a dress. And it was the best thing I ever did. So now that's where I shop, you know? And so all of these women from totally different backgrounds who have accomplished such incredible things in the world, whether it be politicians, politicians, 
um, you know, royalty, first first ladies, whatever, all converge, you know, in Paris to see these things. I have been invited to Couture Week a couple of times, but not to enough shows where it was worth me going. The next time I'm invited, I'm going to go. And I think it must be very inspiring to be in a room full of so many brilliant Agree. And, and incredible women. I totally agree with you. You would say Couture and I would laugh at you. And now I, I'm coming around to, not for me, but I'm coming around to being interested. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, like, I, ne- I never expect you to go and say, oh, my God, I want a $200,000 Chanel chandelier dress. I'm smarter than that. I know that. Right. <laughs> I might want you to see a Valentino cape and go, ooh, okay, yeah, I'll try that Oh, uh, yeah. Believe me, boo. I, I, I've marked four or five things that would not look bad on me. Let me just Okay, so just that. decide what organs you're going to sell to pay for okay, them. Whatever. Okay. So, anyway, Nolan, that was your 30-minute couture rant, but we haven't gotten to the fashion crimes yet. I have the best news. We forgot to talk about how terrible Chanel was. Okay, let's talk about it. Okay, so the last two couture, uh, quick little couture things I have is one, Kim Jones, who's the most incredible menswear designer, has been hired by Fendi to be their couture director. And his show was very small. Apparently it was inspired by an old home in a town near where he grew up in England or something. Um, And it was absolutely stunning. My favorite dress was this pearl illusion dress that had a, a cape and Bella Hadid walked the show. Naomi Campbell walked the show, Kate Moss. And then Demi Moore. Wow. Know she's a model now. But anyway, you know, there were the most beautiful fabrics and brocades and silks and the prints were just fabulous. And it just showed Kim Jones hasn't done couture before. And to see, you know, looks that are so strong come from someone's first collection was really incredible. Uh, there's a, a look Bella Hadid wore that it's like this halter dress with a little teardrop hole over the chest and I thought when I looked at it, oh, it kind of looks kind of like 2060, but he put this sheer but slightly metallic overlay over it. And it's just absolutely ravishing. So that was amazing. Mm-hmm. And then on to the not so good news, which I know you agree with me. I'm not the biggest fan of Virginie Viard, who is the creative director of Chanel. She was the secondhand woman to Karl Lagerfeld for, I think, like 30 years. I mean, don't you think she deserves it though, Nolan? Come on now. Yeah, but to me, she's the Coke Zero of Carl Lagerfeld's. Like, just one Carl, not Carl enough. It's just, there's nothing new or exciting since she took the helm of the house, and that bothers me. Maybe she's trying to keep the aesthetic the same. I mean, Yeah, but what was nice about Carl was every season he would keep the Chanel aesthetic but add something to it, and she's just not adding something to it. It's just fucking boring. And (laughs) Couture, this is a true, like, her last show, I was talking about this with my friend, with my friend Jennifer, the last show, she had these awful fucking leggings in, like, lilac and wool and shit. It was awful. I don't know this, whoever did the styling must have hit their head. I mean, mean, it was terrible. You and said you've collection. you said you've cried at a show, but have you ever fallen asleep? <laughs> Actually, I almost did once, but it wasn't Chanel. I mean, this is like apparently this collection from Virginie Viard, the Chanel Haute Couture Spring Twenty One, was uh, inspired by a wedding party. I see like three pieces that aren't heinous. The rest are just so boring or old. I just we need someone modern at Chanel. We need to take Chanel into the twenty first century. And apparently, the the ready to wear is selling very well under Virginie, which is why she hasn't been fired. But I think really that is to do with the fact of oh shit, Carl died. Everyone wants to buy Chanel now, so they start doing it. Well, maybe, and it's also a new generation of people that are buying Chanel. I think that all of a sudden, you know, new money people go straight to the Chanel store. 
and they want to buy, yeah. you know, I think it's the, the lack of education that people just think it's a hot thing that they should buy it. Just like Louis Vuitton, Fendi, you know, the lines outside is ridiculous. But anyway, the point is, is that when every time you show me something Chanel, I'm like, God, it's so old lady. God, it's so old, old lady. And there is something very traditional, regal and classic about it, but it does need to me a more modern edge. And I'm not talking about the bags. I'm talking about the clothes. So, it, you know, it's it just like St. John. When you were showing me the St. John, it blew my wig. I was like, what? Where are the knits? Like, I couldn't, I, I couldn't understand how cool it was now. It was just so mind-blowing to me. But that's yeah. what happens when a new generation comes in. But, you know, maybe they'll get there. Well, maybe, and there are some yeah. Chanel pieces you've liked, but you're not a Chanel fan. But there are every now and again, you find something and you love it. But it's always Agreed. one of the super edgy Carl pieces. And I'm just like, don't send me Chanel tweed. Stop getting me, you know, like, oh, I love this Chanel jacket. I'm like, no, I have I have one. I'm done. Like, I'm good. I, I just, I like a little bit more edge. But speaking of Chanel, they have committed the ultimate fashion crime. What? I was browsing online earlier and I'm all for a comfortable shoe and I'm all for like playing with a trend. If you're into the trends and you want to wear fucking Tevas, go for it. It's not my vibe. I think it's atrocious and so does Holly, but I mean, I can't stop you. What I can do is when I am on the internet and I see Chanel black quilted leather dad sandals, they look like Tevas, but they're Chanel. I was looking on the real real. They retail for $1,300. They're selling them for $2,700 because they're sold out and you can't find them anywhere, which means a great deal of people have said, oh my God, these are amazing. I'm going to go buy them. That terrifies me. Who told you this was appropriate or okay? I, Put I, your Chanel Tevas away. I, I mean, just because you slap the logo on there doesn't mean it's cool, okay? Just, just saying that they're heinous, vomitous, whatever, ew. They will be in the show notes, but believe me, you're not missing anything. And if you have twenty seven hundred, if you have twenty seven hundred dollars to spend, I wouldn't spend it on that. I mean, if you spend it on that, I'll make you return them and get a lobotomy. <laughs> and I do want to give a shout out to my bestie in Baltimore. She called me, so she has a baby now. Okay, so she literally calls me at like seven forty in the morning, the only time she has before she has to go to work because she actually is still going to work. But the point is. She's like, I'd like to report a fashion crime. And I'm like sitting up in bed. I'm like, all ears. Yes. And she said, you cannot go in the building to drop your kid off. You have to wait outside. They don't let the parents in and they come and get the, the baby. Anyway, she said this bitch in front of me, she either doesn't have a washing machine or she doesn't have a mirror. She honestly had on some jacked up looking skirt with flats. And I mean, her flats looked like they'd been run over by a truck. The hem was coming out of her skirt. Who is, and I said, Paula, honestly, people don't know. They don't know what they don't know. She's like, it was hurting my eyes. I but said, also, if you have a small child, you kind of get a pass for me because you're just trying to survive. Yes. But again, she looks amazing. Okay. She looks amazing. She is so put together. Her baby is the same age as this woman's baby. There's no reason why you should look like you've been hit by a truck. Maybe they have different financial circumstances. Okay, stop sticking up for her. Okay. Get a mirror. I, that's all I'm saying. Get a mirror or get some good friends who are going to tell you the truth. But that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. But that was a really good, you know, fashion crime on the street reporting to us, letting us know what's going on there because you know what? We want you to report your fashion crimes to us and it's okay. The first step is awareness. Not mad at this lady, but I want her to do better because she deserves better. That's all I'm saying. In other news, 
besides the Chanel Tevas, besides the fashion crime that was reported to us, the other fashion crime that I am seeing as the work from home movement, I'm looking at this article for the New York Times, okay? And they have a fashion section. And it is talking about onesies for people who live like in the really, really, really far north, the Arctic Circle, like maybe yourself. And they have the sleeping bag looking onesie. And it literally looks like a quilted sleeping bag from seventh grade. And she has on a scarf, a grandma purse, and some loafers on. And it they call it a Gucci snowsuit. I call it a sleeping bag. That's just me. I don't think it's chic. I don't think there's anything about it. I think you look like the little boy from A Christmas Story. That's what I think you look like. Unless I just don't understand how this is sexy and good looking. Now, in this one in the middle, which is by my Sunday Ski Lux Verbier Ski Suit, this is sexy. You have a waist. You look good, whatever. And then there's the ultimate sleeping bag coat by Nora Kamali. And it, yes, it has a nod to the sleeping bag, but it doesn't look like you're wearing a puffer suit. We need to put these on Instagram so people can see them. Yeah, we we will because it's a fashion tragedy. Just the Gucci one. I mean, and I don't know anyone who would wear that color green, but whatever. But for someone like you who lives in Arctic temperatures. I live in New York most of the time. It's not usually, I mean... I would get that you would need something like this if you're outside a lot, but on the ski slopes, you still have to look sexy. I'll try to look sexy on the slopes. That's just me though, but whatever. It's a little weird. That's a little weird, but whatever. But whatever you, I mean, you don't need a a sleeping bag snowsuit if you're not on the slopes. That's all I'm saying. I mean, you don't need it like knocking around town unless you live in Antarctica, whatever. That was the last fashion crime that I had reported for today. Like I love a beaver trap hat, fur lined, you know, faux fur lined. I'm loving that. I'm loving that. I, I, you know, but in cold weather is hard. It's hard to look good when it's like really, 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 really cold. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I totally understand that. But I'm glad that we got to at least see Couture Week a little bit. I'm glad that we got our fashion inspiration. Maybe you'll get a sequin turtleneck from Valentino. Maybe not. I, I can't speak for that. But let's just put that energy in the universe that you'll get one. I mean, someday. <laughs> someday. Hopefully you'll get one. I have a sequin mock turtleneck. My mother has a Dior Ralph Simmons. Um, I don't see why you can't have one. You know? It doesn't fit. Well, it's like a sleeveless white cashmere. And then the neck is all, the turtleneck part is all sequins. It's fabulous. Fabulous. All right. Good chat. Good chat. I know. I, I know. We're talking about my favorite things. Yeah. So this has been a fashion crimes podcast. Please go on iTunes. Leave us a five-star review because you love us so much. Tell us how amazing we are. And go on Twitter, Fashion Crimes P. You can go on Instagram, Fashion Crimes Podcast. We have episodes coming out every week. We have some amazing guests coming up. Some, yes, indeed we do. I mean, fabulous people. We're trying to support small businesses. We are supporting young designers. We are supporting people that are struggling in the fashion industry, wanting to push them up so they can reach all their glory. Thank you for listening. This is Fashion Crimes Podcast, and we are out. We'll be right back. 